Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Dave Prentice, Gav Buckland, and Adam Jones. And it is, of course, as you have guessed it, a derby special. The 232nd Merseyside Derby takes place at Anfield on Sunday at quarter past four. And you do not need reminding of our record, but we're going to hopefully emerge from this podcast with reasons for optimism and hope that that run since 1999 will come to an end under the guidance of Marco Silva Preno. Um, before we start, and we'll get everyone's uh, answers to this, let's get it out of our chest. Uh-huh. Favourite Derby cliche? Because anybody who uses Derby cliches in copy between now and Sunday night needs hung, drawn and quartered. Well, it's not a favourite Derby cliche because I absolutely hate it. Good. But this absolute... I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to be profane on a on, on a podcast, but it really does make me blood boil. This, you know, the, the form book goes out the window oh, in derbies. Nick, mine. It's <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> Sorry, it's bollocks. You know, so, because the form book, you know, it's usually see that form book. It's yeah. usually <laughs> adhered to in derby matches, which is why you know, Sir Everton have got such yeah. a poor record in recent years because Liverpool have been the team in form going into derbies. I can't think of that many derbies where the underdog. As one, maybe in the sixties, I mean, the four 0 at Anfield, or yeah. you know, games like that. But you know, it doesn't happen very often where a team comes from absolutely nowhere. Once, maybe I can remember it when Howard Kendall's team produced arguably the worst performance I've seen an Everton team produce at Coventry. Got beat four one on the Wednesday. They were woeful, so bad that the buddy players were rebelling on the pitch at the end when he sent them back out to warm down because they hadn't worked hard enough in the game. Four days later, or three days later, went and beat them 2-0 at Goodison. It was so weird that uh, Alan Myers, I think, was working at Everson then, and he organised Tales of the Unexpected to be played <laughs> with a tannoy at the end. That was a form book being ripped up, but it doesn't happen very often, so it's a cliche. We'll hold that thought about form, Pren, and we'll come back to that. Gav, favourite or least favourite, maybe, is, is uh, the point. Dad, uh, cliche. One I'm always going on about, isn't it? Everton, Everton lose Derby's because they're mentally... Not right. prepared for you know inferiority thing. Um, let the let the occasion get to us too much. <laughs> let those type of things. You'll hear that like a few like times. like yeah. Pano says, a complete utter load of yeah. you Tosh. know what. Yeah. Yeah. We lose derbies because not because our mindset is wrong or whatever. We lose them because Liverpool are a better team. Yeah. Simple as. And I refer to our records at Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, now Manchester City since the money came in. Arsenal, simple as. Yeah. And I hate that cliche. Go, so you've got the worst one here, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I've gone last and I've been, yeah, yeah. I've been screwed a little bit. My uh, favourite is you I, chuck the ball in after 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can't, because it's just nonsense. <laughs> uh, I think the friendly friendly derby nonsense that gets linked to the Merseyside derby just needs to absolutely get in okay, the bin. You're not friendly. No, I'm, I'm absolutely not. And James Pierce will find that out <laughs> at the weekend. And, uh, you know, hasn't this game picked up the more red cards? than any other in the Premier League history. Yeah, correct. How is that friendly? No. It's just not the friendly so, derby just, in any way. One more. Can someone tell me what bragging rights are? 
Also <laughs> 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 our bragging rights. Don't you know when when Everton win the derby, we will come in in the next day with a big decree, like a big massive document, and say right. That's all right. Okay, we, right. We, we are, and we have to show it off. Can I ask one more that gets on my nerves, oh, yeah. especially when it's written by external writers, that people look at the Derby match record of Liverpool and Everton, Liverpool have won 20-odd, 30 games more, and they go on about Liverpool being like the biggest club in the city, blah, blah, blah. Everton have been the biggest club in the city far longer than what Liverpool have been bigger than mm. the biggest club in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. the biggest club in the city for the first 90 years or 80 years of, of derbies. Mm. Um, Liverpool is probably the last 40 and people forget that they just see the modern era and um, we were the dominant force on Mayside football up until probably the mid-70s you know and that's something that always annoys me when I see people say oh Liverpool are you know the, 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 the biggest team in the city maybe at the moment but historically we've been the biggest club mm-hmm. so there <laughs> <laughs> and we will, we will reinforce that on Sunday so Brun, I'm going to come back to you and your uh, reference to form yeah our form's pretty good isn't it is that and does that give you let me see annual reason for optimism trip to Anfield that always sort of comes back and bites you on the bum but genuinely have you got more optimism now because of the way we've been playing in the last few weeks? To be fair there's two reasons I'm starting to feel a bit more optimistic because you know my, my kids always slaughter me for being you know sort of negative and being a misery you know old so and so and I just claim I'm being realistic you know just looking at you know sort of form but ever since form has been improving uh, they've gone to difficult places and had a go in recent weeks and played the kind of football that, you know, is capable of winning matches. You know, they didn't win any of those three, but, you know, you get the feeling that, you know, it's coming, you know, someday it's coming. But there are a couple of things. I read a piece on a Football 365 website earlier this week, a girl called Sarah Winterburn put together a piece contrasting, you know, so the Everton under Sam Allardyce and the Everton under Marco Silva and the style of football and just saying progression, you know, that's progression. That made me feel optimistic. And then I sat and listened to Jurgen Klopp this afternoon and I thought, wow, what a team Everton have got. Did you hear him? He was, he just, you know, go through, you could argue that, okay, he's basically bigging Everton up, you know. I so don't buy to, it. To knock them down. No, I don't buy it. But, you know, he, he's, he's gone, right, but I don't yeah, buy it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, gone yeah. through yeah. it. He talks about it being a proper squad. Richarlison, what a player he is. Walcott came in, very good. Bernd Bernard, Gomez, Mina, he talks about being brilliant, brilliant at linking play. He says last year uh, they said they got Sigurdsson and Rooney, but they lacked speed, they couldn't play together. Now they have everything, creativity, speed, good organisation. This is where he gets into his, uh, into his rhythm. Coleman is back and fit. Keane settled and fit. Mina is a brilliant player, very important for the build-up. Dinya is like the young Baines. They're a really good team. And of course, there is England's number one in the goal. That's a proper squad. <laughs> and it would be a proper squad in all the leagues in Europe, I'm 100% sure. So I listened yeah. to that and I thought... Wow, you know, we're going to batter them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having it, Gary. I'm not buying that. Yeah, as much as he's absolutely correct about what he's saying, yeah, I, I think he's being disingenuous. Yeah, years ago, Bob Paisley could, could occasionally throw that line out. <laughs> you know, for, you know, it was a way of trying to uh, undermine people. Uh, I'm confident going into to Sunday. So about the form book, last seven league games, Liverpool 15 points, Evan 16 points. <sighs> Um, Lovely stat. You know, so I'm ve- I'm confident because of the whole thing that's going on at the top of the shop more than our football terms at the moment. You know, the brands, silver, partnership, our direction, our signings, that we, we appear to know where we're going and how, how to get there. And, and I think that's reflected on the pitch. 
And I think that will hopefully be reflected in in how we play on on Sunday. So I am actually confident. I, I I suspect reading a few things and speaking to a few Liverpool fans, there's a few Liverpool fans, especially after the defeat on Wednesday, we may be not as cocky going into a derby or as confident going into a derby as they have been in the past. Uh, and it's it's certainly a different Everton team to the last season, and I think it's probably just a little bit of a different Liverpool team. Uh, to be fair, don't seem to be and, playing as fluently uh, from what I can. Yeah, they're, they're a bit playing more different solid. football, aren't they? Yeah. I was thinking today is, and I don't like, pretty sure what we're going to talk about. But if you had our midfield and their midfield, which one midfield would you have collectively? The three of them. Well, we got very cobby today, class. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. You'd have ours all day long, wouldn't you? Mm. And I think that it's, it's things like that, you know. And uh, I, I uh, consequently. A confident, but what I want on Sunday, I want a performance. In some respects, this is probably a bit, bit out of kilter. Normal derbies, it's in some ways, I'd rather get beat two one. I haven't played really well than just like hang on for dear death for it. You know what? I wrote exactly that in today's yeah. column because yeah. you know I think that's progress when you can go there, yeah. have a go, and lose bravely two one or. Give up? Was it seventy nine percent possession that Liverpool yeah. had last season, and you know scramble a one one draw? Would you be satisfied with that? In the circumstances last year, because the team was like, you know, a bit lower down the table, you probably would have taken that. But not if you're looking to progress, progress yeah. and you're looking mm. to, you know, build the squad. I was going to say, I was going to come on to this. In terms of that performance last season and, and reflecting on the 1-1, do you think that the performance, given the context of, of, of the team, the time and, and the state that the team and the players were in, does that performance actually get too much flack? Because... Preno's right, bringing up 79% possession for Liverpool. That can't happen this time. You know, We can't mm. allow that, that to be the case. But actually, we were in a bit of dire straits, really kind of coming out of a difficult period. Going to Liverpool, getting a 1-1 draw and playing in a way that was designed to effectively do that. Was there, you know, do you think Allardyce was, for all of his faults, I think actually maybe... He was you know, he, he should escape criticism for that. I think that was one of the best results that he got over his time in charge, especially considering how quickly that derby came after he was appointed. You know, the kind of injury troubles that we had then, you know, our back four was Kenny, Holgate, Williams and Martina. Martina. <clears throat> like we had Cuco Martina playing up against Mo Salah. <laughs> and it took, form, it, took, it took Mo Salah scoring what was apparently the best goal of last year. That won the yeah, Puskas yeah, yeah. Award That's right, somehow. Yeah, yeah. That was apparently the best goal. It took him pulling one of them out the bag to eventually score against us. So yeah, it, it, that probably was... It, it was the best that, that the squad at that time were able to produce. But as, we, as we've already like alluded to here, it's, it is so different under Marco Silva. If we were to put in that performance uh, this time around, it would be like catastrophic, I think. I think it would be. And it would be a massive anomaly as to what we've seen so far this season. You know, we've mentioned we've gone to Arsenal, United, Chelsea, and fair enough, we might, have, we might not have got the results that our performances have warranted, but those performances have have represented just a massive step in progression for Everton so far this season and hopefully that'll continue at Anfield at the weekend So how do we play then on Sunday for now? What's, how are we going to hurt Liverpool? <laughs> exactly the same way we played uh, at Chelsea uh, at Manchester United I suspect it'll be the same starting eleven. I, I can't really anticipate any you know significant changes uh, and there are ways Everton can get at Liverpool, but for that to happen, individuals have got to perform very well on the day. I'm looking notably at Bernard, you know, who's 
you could perceive that if Liverpool do have a weakness defensively, um, which is difficult to say given the fact they've conceded five league goals all season, you know, which is ridiculous. But Alexander-Arnold's strengths are generally offensive rather than defensive. So, you know, an informed Bernard, you know, who you know, can be world-class on his day, could have joy down that left-hand side. He'll need to have a good day. Uh, likewise, Theo Walcott will have to be as offensive as possible to keep Andy Robertson, you know, sort of penned back. But just Sigurdsson, I always remember when he scored that goal in the FA Cup tie, how Oof. glowing Klopp was afterwards. Lovely goal. About, uh, you know, so to a, any other player, that's a difficult finish. But here he made it look easy. Uh, you know, when he does, he makes it difficult look easy. And uh, he's been playing very well this season. And he's the guy that the most responsibility will fall on uh, to, you know, sort of chisel chances in and around the box. This doesn't even mention Richarlison, you know, so clearly he's like you know, the, the primary goal threat. But looking at it as a whole, I just, I like the thought of Bernard, you know, so, you know, achieving something down that left-hand side. He's had a couple of iffy games the last couple of you know, days. He's due, he's due a decent game. So, you know, that, that's who I'd like to stake my hopes on. Mm. Gav, <clears throat> Prano mentioned Sigurdsson's goal in the FA Cup. Integral to that move, which ended in Sigurdsson scoring, was Adam Ola Luckman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah, no? Yeah, yeah. Adam, uh, Michael Silva was yeah. asked today at his press conference, don't know if you've seen the quote, uh, is Adam O'Luckman in with a shout of starting? He's doing more than enough to being our starting our, uh, starting 11. And he left it at that, basically. Does he play? Is he is he the wild card option? I don't think we need a wild card option. I think on uh, on Sunday, uh, I'm, I'm with Prano, about what Prano was saying there, about the same setup, but I would... I will play Richarlison left and bring Tosin in. I think, as you say, Dave, that Liverpool, if they have got a sort of weak point, it's probably down the right-hand side. So, therefore, I put our strongest attacking threat down that side because I think Richarlison's going to get more luck there than than off Van Dijk and, and Gomez in, in the middle. Uh, can, to- can I- Sorry, I have to interrupt. But if you play Tosin against Van Dijk yeah. and Gomez, is he going to have any joy? I mean, you know, it, it, the stats prove that, you know, defensive, them two are as good as anything at the Well, it's Richard, that's my point. Is Richarlison going to have any joy? Do you not think he's got he's got a better chance? I won't. He's more of a handful physically? He's, he's more of a handful, but I still think it's, you know, he'd struggle to have joy there. Considering it's not as, I still don't think it's a natural position, but I've seen. It's more that. It, if I was also to have our strongest attack and threat at their weakest area, and and that that to me makes a lot of sense. Plus, I think he'll sack back a lot more than than Bernard. So, mm. you know, we're ten Trent Arnold. <laughs> I can't could have assess his name. Right? So he's been saying it all season. Whatever his name is, uh, yeah. Uh, Ring your name across yeah. my heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stuck in your head now forever. <laughs> no, and I think um, that that's the change I would make. Right. I'd keep I keep Walcott in because I think against the stronger teams, he may have got a bit more space to. To attack. Do you also think that keeping Walcott ahead of Luckman on that side is a, f- a factor in that decision? If it comes to Silver, it will be that you can perhaps rely on Walcott to track back a little bit more. Yeah, sometimes he's not even done that this season. He's been a liability defensively, hasn't he? A couple of times. Yeah. Um, I, I just have this, you know, like history thing about a couple of times where Walcott's actually burned down down to the full length of the pitch in front of the centenary stand and I, I think that's why I'm selecting him just for that reason I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there that night and, that wasn't was he about 17 or something and like that. the Arshavin goal didn't he did yeah. the same didn't he think yeah. the fourth Arshavin goal that was 10 years ago I, I just think he's better he's better when he's got pace to play, uh, space to play yes. into yeah. rather mm. than like at home 
where but he's a little bit restricted. That's not his his best game. Like Luckman's best game is that, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and I would I would I would put Tosin up front to hold the ball up, and he's an outlet when he's getting pressed, and at the back, and uh, play our strongest attacking threat against their weakest area, which is Richardson on the wide left. Adam, if there's one Everton player that has to come away with man of the match performance in your ratings on Sunday, has to get the highest score. If there's one player that has to do that in order for us to win the game, who do you think it's got to be? Uh, either Andre Gomez or Sigurdsson. I think the midfield battle is going to be the key for me. I can like, especially with how uh, Jurgen Klopp got when he was asked about his midfield before. He's he obviously knows that it's a, a problem area. They're going to be without the captain in Jordan Henderson, and however, however think however good you think he is as a player, that's going to be a blow to them to not have their captain there for a derby. Uh, Wijnaldum started the season off very well but he's tailed off in recent weeks he's starting to look a bit tired came off early against PSG which would probably back up that point don't think Cater and Fabinho have fully settled in to life in Liverpool as of yet they're not looking well especially Naby Cater. I was expecting him to really hit mm. the ground running but he's he's looking well off the pace at the minute so at the minute you've got James Milner's probably your mid, informed midfielder and he's coming up against Idrissa Guy, Andre Gomez and Gilfie Sigurdsson in the kind of form that they're in. Especially you saw Andre Gomez po- probably putting his best performance of the season against Cardiff, you know, it's up and down the pitch. He was not just good going forward with those, you know, little instances of quick feet, really good skill, but getting back, he was so powerful had, with a really good turn of pace, I thought, as well. Obviously, we know all the qualities that Idrissa Guy's got sitting in front of uh, the back four and having Andre Gomez next to him only highlights that even more. And as as the lads have said, we've already spoke about Gilfie Sigurdsson, you know, give him the ball 25 yards out and you'd expect him to get at least a shot on target, if not put one into the back of the net. So, yeah, I, th- I think either Sigurdsson or Gomez would be massively key for us. But going back to Gav's point, I would half agree with Gav. I would put Richarlison out wide, but I'd put Calvert-Lewin up front. I think he's a bit more savvy. Than to, than a bit more pace. I just think Tosin's probably a little bit better than holding the ball up. It's because of pulling. Do you? Oh, no, I, 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 I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's going to matter. I, I wouldn't want us to try and hold the ball up anyway because okay. Van Dijk and Gomez are easily going to be able to knock yeah. both Tosin and Calvert Lewin off the ball. Is, is the is the not the only way, but the best chance we have on Sunday if, on the counter attack? Are we in agreement that you know that's the best way for us, or do you think we could actually control the ball? I'd say that's a good option, regardless from what we've seen so far this season. I think. The majority of Everton's better performances have come away from home when we've been seeing that sort of counter-attacking style. So yeah, I, I would I would say definitely counter-attacks are a massive weapon, especially when we've seen PSG just demolish Liverpool with one, with one rapid counter-attack in midweek. You know, used to say that Everton can't do that with the with the kind of pace that we've got up front. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Gav, didn't look like you were totally in agreement when I was saying that. Which about Tosin and Calvert-Lewin? No, well, that one obviously, but counter-attack, do you, th- do you think counter-attack is oh, our best? Well, it goes back to what we were saying before about like, the, you want a performance. Yeah. You know, you want you want to see us have some sort of, uh, t- take the initiative to a degree. And I agree what Adam's saying is that our best performances are when on the counter-attack, but I think we've got, we've got, Midfield, two, two of the three of them can actually play. Mm, mm. Sigurdsson and Gomez. So, I mean, when you've got those two in the team and, and we've got 
threats on you know on the on out wide left and right. I would expect us to do a little bit more than just sit back and hit the ball long. The, pro- the, pro- the problem know, is that's what. Liverpool, yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean, Dave. But yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Catch them, you know, draw them in, turn up, transition as goal as managers like to say. It's whether we've got the pace in in midfield, perhaps. But uh, um, I think I would like I like to I'd like to see that we got some elements of control when we got the ball on on uh, on on Sunday, and I think we're perfectly capable of that. To be honest with you, yeah. But maybe mixing up a little bit, as you say, sitting deep on occasions. Um, and that's all part for me as part of our development. I think the problem with playing football too much at Anfield is that Liverpool love it when teams come come to them and try and play too much football. I think us being fast and direct is is the way to hit them. That's the way PSG hit them at their own place in midweek, and it was effective. Yeah, yeah no, when I say when I say keep the ball, not like play, play ticky tacker for ninety mm. minutes, but like strike the balance. You know, don't just sit back for ninety minutes and then when when we get the ball back off them, you know, then try and break. Mm. It's, it's trying to establish a bit more of an element of control further up the pitch. Um, but but still being cognizant of their danger. And I just don't want to see us sitting cognizant. back. Cognizant? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Oh. That's weird of the day. I can't spell it, don't worry. <laughs> 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 so uh, that, I just want us to see us produce a performance yeah. on, on, on Sunday. And uh, that's the way for me. Mm-hmm. Brenna, what... Um, what have you made of what Marco said? You know, often in these, you know, particularly on, on Derby weekend, what the manager's saying, the tone of what he's saying as well, is forensically looked at and, and, and sort of investigated. Are you liking what Marco has said so far? Is his typically level, level-headedness level the right for this this situation? It's Well, it's it's been right so far this season. It doesn't seem to change, you know, we the the old Kipling quote, he treats those two imposters just the same. No, he does. He just doesn't seem to change his mindset. He's always intense. He's always very, very earnest and fixed. Um, I liked actually a piece I read earlier that um, you're talking about, you know, the impact that Guy has had. And um, it was Tim Sherwood, I think, was talking about uh, the very subtle change that Marco Silva has initiated in his game this season. And I said he's just basically simplified his game and he's just basically got him winning the ball, you know, just like winning it and, you know, sort of laying it off short. He just, he's kept it, you know, very, very simple because he had him at Aston Villa mm. and uh, loved him, thought he was a great player there. And, um, you know, think he can see changes in his game from there, and um, which just means he's got back to his best. So, you know, he has, he's got his ball players around him, you know, you're going and you're Sigurdsson and he's just like sort of doing, you know, the, the more simplified thing of you know, winning the ball back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Silva is doing a great job, you know, so on and off the pitch. I don't think what the managers say, beforehand makes a great deal of difference unless they say something stupid and wind the opposition up, yeah. you know, so come out with some kind of bold statement that's immediately going to be pinned up on the dressing room wall and act as motivation. <laughs> and, you know, so both managers are too savvy for that, which is why you're so nervous about Jurgen Klopp's words because he's, you know, so clearly trying to build everything <laughs> yeah. up. Uh, doesn't really believe it. Um, so, you know, Silva's not going to do anything like that. So I think, you know, the pre-match war of words doesn't mean a, a great deal, to be fair. I mean, Carragher said this morning, didn't he? He said he, he used to uh, read the echo incessantly in the week before the derby <laughs> match to read what Everson players were saying. And, uh, anything, he could, anything he could seize upon, he would then use that in the Liverpool dressing room. Look, he's saying this about you. Look, he's saying this. So, you know, modern football now is so sanitised that you very rarely see anybody dropping those kind of, uh, you know, sort of mistakes. <laughs> I mean, Klopp, you know, you know, Breno said I'm not buying his... Uh, 
attempt at mind games as I see it. But equally, and, and I think Adam mentioned it, he had his, his feathers were ruffled today at the press conference. I, he doesn't very often, from what I can gather, you know, mm. as a you know a distant observer of, of, of the Liverpool manager, never really seems to lose his cool too much. Is always this jokey, jokey. Yeah, very, and he seemed very happy. Well, he's under a little bit of pressure, isn't he? I mean, the, 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 five the, goals conceded when he's no, under but, pressure. But, but, matters, yeah, but, it? but I, th- I think this yeah. game means more to them than it does to us yeah. because of what's happened in Europe. Yeah, 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 I mean, if you have a look since the end of September, I think they played thirteen games. I think they've only won five. Some of them have been like basically, you know, against poor teams in the Premier League. Mm. You see the record against some of the better teams in in Europe and and, and Chelsea, Man City. They they haven't won. Um, plus, as you say, there's problems with the midfield. Plus, I think they've got three league games before they play Napoli, isn't it? There's two league games next week, isn't it? Yes, one, you yes, know, so Saturday, so yeah. if the Napoli game is maybe one of their perhaps their biggest game of the season thus far, you've got three league games and to 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 take care of in in that time, and plus coming off the back of the PSG defeat, so uh, <laughs> I think quite rightly, I think I think that there is a bit of pressure there, and and I think hopefully we can take advantage of that. Um, and I've got the players to do so. That's what I mean about being on the front foot a little bit more, but having that balance right between attack and defence. And uh, it, it, it's good to hear. <laughs> so would you, would you subscribe to the the old adage of we've got nothing to lose? Or is that too strong? There's always something to lose when you go to Anfield in that respect. But uh, more so than ever now, have we got a... God, I wouldn't want to say free hit because I don't I don't really particularly like that phrase. But do you know what I mean? There's... there's Everybody's expecting us to lose. History says we'll lose. Let's just go and... Are people expecting us to lose? I don't think his, people well, are. I, I, yes, history says. does. But I, as in the here and now, as on like two days before, when you see the form, the form lines and performances over the past, say, six weeks. Mm. I, think, know, I, don't I think, think if you ask neutral pundits, they'd all yeah, probably yeah, of course. say Liverpool are going to win. But we've been a bit closer to it here and you, you, can, yeah. say, you can get the temperature better, can't you, locally, right. you know. Um, and I, I think... If you if you looked at it analytically over the last say six weeks, as I say, you'd be saying it's not necessarily a given that that Liverpool are going to win here, especially off after Wednesday, Wednesday's results. Mm. And so, I don't think the only way we can lose on Sunday is is if we go there and play, park the bus and get beat one nil. You know that that will be that that to me will be the lose. If if it's all about the performance, yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are we accepting or not accepting? Are we? Would we be happy with a draw? I'm just trying. You know, I'm just trying to gauge a feeling and opinion. Uh, I don't think you can ever like disregard a draw at Anfield. I think, especially with the the kind of record that we've had there over the last few years. Like, I can't. I at my age, I can't remember the last time we won at Anfield. So, get getting getting a point there is miraculous. Almost, I'd be delighted. I think yeah. that'd be a great, I th- great but I, but I think I agree with Gav. It it, do, it does just depend on the performance for me. If we've gone there and we've really for once, I can't remember the last time we really went there and gave them a proper game. You know, properly competed. Like even 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 that Jagielka draw, it wasn't really a contest. That's it's probably the, the two majority of that match scored. I think yeah. when we were leading. That, Pro- that was, was that. That was yeah. probably the last one. That yeah. was probably seven eight, seven years ago, wasn't it? Two thousand eleven, January eleven. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous like I'd love to see us just go there and give them a proper game and if we get a draw off the back of that I'll probably be as happy with that draw as I was with the draw against Chelsea so yeah, yeah there's different types of draws I mean going there and you know so basically parking the bus and grinding at a 1-1 like they did last season wouldn't be acceptable but going there playing the way that we've played at Arsenal at Man United at Chelsea and getting a draw yes that'd be you know great results all day long Marco's uh 
he's part of his preparation. He's just watched that game. The the one all last last season. Oh, Does he actually? Yeah. Yeah. And he stayed away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I asked him today. You can read about it tomorrow. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who is this Cujo Martina? He's uh, yeah. getting back. <laughs> I'm just trying to think back to that. And the only actually moment of the entire game I can remember with any fondness was Adamo the Luckman's break that created the uh, the, the cup game. Oh, that was the cup game. Yeah, yeah. Oh right, the league game. Oh well, Rooney can't think of anything down from the Rooney. Rooney's ball to Calvert Lewin was really good, and then Lovren pushed him over. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely and they scythed them down to the ground. A penalty, yeah. yeah, well, indeed. <laughs> oh. Klopp. I remember Klopp in the press conference afterwards asking the Everton employee of the media team. Oh, well, I was one of the guys who put my hand up saying, you think it was a penalty? <laughs> <laughs> I chipped my and tooth celebrating that goal. I was only <laughs> watching it in ours. Watching it at home and I chipped my tooth celebrating it. <laughs> I have no idea how it did. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we at this stage don't have any firm intel of the team, but I think we can probably have a decent stab at guessing that Marco Silva would probably, given or, given or take a couple of tweaks here and there, stay with the same 11, Gav, which would mean no Scousers in the starting 11. Yeah. Uh, first time since February 2015. Second time, you reliably informed me, since 2000. Second time since, yeah. Second time since the early 50s, does it, yeah. Does it matter? No. I'd rather have 11 good overseas players who know what they're doing. Then eleven scousers who perhaps don't, which is which for the period of time we sort of nearly had, mm. uh, absolutely doesn't bother me where where they come from, um, just as long as they they they're having players and know how to play football. Mm. No, there there was a time I think when um, having that scouse knowledge of the derby match meant a lot. You yeah. know, you know, you gave that bit more in a game, and you know, so it meant that bit more. more. You'd have foreign players that you know were passing through that you know possibly didn't give everything that they should have done. Uh, I mean, nowadays football is too professional for that, you know. So if you're not given 100 percent on the pitch, you won't be on the pitch; you'll be hauled off. So no, I don't think it makes a great deal of difference. Sometimes it can actually work against you. I'll always remember when uh, Rafa Benitez um, substituted Steven Gerrard in yeah. the Goodison Derby because he was trying too hard, and I just couldn't understand it at the time. I was like, "What are you on about?" And you know, he explained it afterwards, and it did make sense. You know, he. He was allowing his passion to cloud his judgment and he was in danger of making rash decisions as a result of that passion. So, you know, it can count against yeah, you. Are those, are those characters, uh, sorry, are, the, are those type of characters therefore in the 11 we expect to start? Do you know, do you think there's anybody who could combust, so to speak? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the one that sticks out for me is Richarlison after his red card yeah. against Bournemouth. Mm. I just. I just hope that he's learned his lesson from that, and no, no Liverpool player manages to irk him. I'm sure, I'm sure. Like if Jurgen Klopp's got anything about him, he'll be tell, he'll be telling the Liverpool players to get in a few faces uh, quite early on, like especially with them being the home team. But now I don't, I don't think it particularly matters that there's no scousers in this uh, in the in the lineup, and I think Marco Silva alluded to it in his press conference. You know. We'll have a lot of new signings who pro- might not have played in a Merseyside derby before, but they've played in big games across Europe before. You know, we'll have Luca Dean and uh, Andre Gomez. They've played in massive games for Barcelona, both in La Liga and the Champions League. Dean will have played in a Rome derby as well, you know. Did you read about this evening? <laughs> tell you what, your column must be about 10 pages long, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wide range. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've, we'll have a lot of a lot of players who, who'll, a lot of passionate players who'll, Give their all for this for this for this match, and yeah, I'm not I'm not that bothered that none of them are from Liverpool. One player in the short career, seeing who's 
little bit ratty is Jerry Mina, isn't it? There's been well, a couple, couple, say, couple of occasions. He said, Gav, didn't he, uh, um, yeah. when he arrived, he, he was relishing the battle with the English strikers. Well, yeah. you can already <laughs> see that. I mean, he squared up with Patterson. Marassa at Chelsea. Was it Marassa at Chelsea? Yeah. Where, was it, I can't remember if it was Marassa or the Chelsea player. But he had to, the, thought they were going to kiss each other so at one stage. Well, to be yeah, fair, yeah. We've, got, we've got Bernard as well, who can yeah. headbutt a six-foot-one man to the floor. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and of course, uh, Mina came off the bench for about four minutes and found time to have handbags with uh, Glenn Murray against yeah. Brighton. Yeah. So, and he's old school, Glenn out. Murray. So, I mean, yeah, he's... he's uh, I love Yaddy Mean what I see so far. He's, bo- yeah. he's box office, isn't he? Yeah. he you know, he's a good player, but he's box office. But there's a thin line, isn't there, between that being, as you say, in your face, you know, letting people know you're on the pitch before, in like certain circumstances, if, it, if the atmosphere is intense, like a derby, where you can just like cross the line a little bit, especially if you're inexperienced in a derby. But like the last South American centre-half to play for Everton. Yeah. Funes, Funes, I think Yaddy Mean is Well, South American defenders and Anfield Funes, Mori, you know, that was absolutely outrageous. Yeah. But yeah. he thought, but, and it's an interesting point though, and I wonder if the perception of Everton around the place has changed because he was under the misconception for most Evertonians that what he did was, was good. Because he yeah. left the pitch dumping his chest, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and we're all going. Hang on a minute, lads. He's yeah. got sent off. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah, it's it's got to be. Well, that's what I say, like, allowing your passion to get the best of you. It's got to be controlled aggression. It's got to be, you know, sort of sensible. I mean, that that's what Klopp said ahead of the PSG game on Wednesday. He said he wanted to see his players be aggressive, but you know, within the bounds of legality. Mm. And you know, that's what modern football teams do. They press. They press. They press. Uh, you know, very often they don't throw tackles in. You know, they just try and you know, sort of harry you know opposition into making mistakes. Uh, it's all about you know having the composure to do that, but also having controlled passion and aggression. And there was nothing controlled about Funes Mori on, uh, on that evening. And, and of course, it came in the the final throws of the Martinez era, where everything was just you know falling down around him, wasn't it? So perhaps that could have been a factor, I guess, maybe. Possibly. I mean, I can't say too much. That was the first derby I'd missed in 25 years. I, I was in Berlin with my son. Best place to be to, uh, to avoid a game like that. But I watched, watched that on television, you know, with absolutely horror struck. And it was, it was a very, very low moment. And we've had far too many of those in derby matches for far too long. And it just, it requires a bold outlook. Uh, I was doing a piece earlier in the week talking about attitudes in derby matches. And I always remember Joe Royal. Uh, and he used to get unfairly portrayed as being you know, the dogs of war manager. And that's why Everson had the up and He never lost a derby you know, in his three years as Everton manager or two and a half years. Didn't lose a single derby. You know, so home or away and, uh, and won a few of them. And you know, everyone thinks it's because Everson kicked Liverpool off the park. And they didn't. Remember the one at Anfield, the 2-1 winner, Andre Konchalski scored his first Everson goals. And everyone's you know, jaws dropped when they saw the lineup that day. Because Limpar and Konchalskis both played, you know, two wingers in a match going to Anfield. Everyone thought it was a little bit, you know, sort of bold. But, you know, he, he pulled Graham Stewart into the middle of midfield as well. So tightened it up that way. But it worked because he had a bold outlook going to, uh, to Anfield. Not reckless, just bold. And I think Marco Silva will have a similar outlook, you know, on Sunday. And I think that can, can hopefully produce the performance that we need. Yeah. Okay, let's, that's, a, that's a hopeful and, and positive way to sort of round off the discussion, but I think it would be remiss of me not to ask the lads for their predictions. Gav? I'm super confident. Super confident? Yeah. Wow. Seriously. Oh, right. I, mean, I like I, it. I, I like it. what I've seen. What I've seen at both clubs over the last sort of month or so. Uh, and also in the long term, uh, I, I foresee a very good Evan performance. And so that's what I'm going to say now. I'm going to say going to win 1-0. Seriously, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, lovely, yeah. lovely yeah. stuff, Adam. Two one, Everton. 
Yeah, I, I, I fancy us. I think we've, re, we've really hit a good run of form. I think they're wobbling a bit. I, th- I think I really do think this game means a lot more to them than it will to us, especially with it coming last match of the game week. You know, hopefully Man City and Chelsea will win them and Spurs as, as well, of course, put a bit of pressure on them. You know, I, I think that game really means a lot more than it does to them than it does to us. So, yeah, I think it's a, a narrow little 2-1 win. I'm sensing the same result as last season, but significantly better performance. Fancy Yeri Mina to nod one in. Ooh. Preno, your I fancy Yeri Mina strangely as well. You know, from a set piece. The, Instant um, cult hero status. I, I, I'm just thinking that they're unbeaten in the Premier League. They've conceded five league goals all season. You know, okay, they've, they've been poor away from home in Europe, uh, but, you know, they've beaten PSG at Anfield. Um, and then it's at Anfield, you know, where, where they you know signed that pact with the devil. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, a, I'm thinking a, a draw, uh, a one-one draw. I'd be absolutely delighted with. Lucifer getting the assist. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, thank you very much, chaps. Really enjoyed that uh, Derby special podcast, and thank you for listening. Remember, you can rate, subscribe, and review us uh, on iTunes and Acast and all of those. Very much welcome. So you've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.